welcome to Deluded, the Melbourne Demons fan podcast. Today we've reshuffled the decks a little bit here at Deluded. Nita Rao was so outraged at the end of the third quarter of the Fremantle game that she couldn't keep watching and went to bed. And so, keeping with Deluded's philosophy, uh, created this week, of only having hosts who watch the entire game, we're very excited to welcome a new guest to the podcast, one of the most loyal members of the Deluded family, uh, James Robertson. Uh, welcome, James. Yeah, good to be here, uh, Kieran, and uh, very honoured. As I uh, intimated, uh, to take the place of Nita is a big, big honour, because I feel like uh, the pencil stepping into Max Gordon's shoes. <laughs> well, the pencil performed the very well, performer. and uh, <laughs> we're sure that you will too. <laughs> Well, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping I can say something of merit. <laughs> um, and James, you have the special qualification of actually having been at the Fremantle game, uh, which is something we've never managed to pull off at the uh, Deluded podcast. So interested in your, uh, you know, right next to the action take uh, on that horrible, horrible event. Well, it, it was horrible in the third quarter, but it was not horrible for the other three quarters in my assessment. And I am a glass half full person, and and I and uh, and I think there was lots of positives to take from the game, even though the third quarter was absolutely horrendous. And had I been neater, and had it been one forty in the morning, I would have also taken the go to bed option <laughs> rather than, <laughs> rather than stay through. But I was, but I was there on the fence, and I thought I better stay this stay the journey. Well, let's let's talk through some of those uh, positives. Um, you've always been a man who's uh, uh, found the positive in anything in the in the Simon Godfrey's of the world and the uh, uh, <laughs> Simon Godfrey. Yeah. You know, You've got a good memory, Kieran. A good memory. That's right. Yes, I do. I have a very vindictive memory. It's probably more accurate, but uh, <laughs> and a big Rowan Bale fan too. Uh, of course, point. Of I have course. to quickly add. So, so we're on the same page there, at least. <laughs> So, so what do you think were the big um, positives from the game, uh, James? What can we really take as uh, take as something that was good out of that? Well, I think that we were very, very hard at it again. So we were winning the contested ball. So despite the fact that Pencil got thrashed in numbers at hit-outs, we were hard in the contest. There was all the centre clearances and around the ground. We were, by and large halving them at the contest despite they having despite them having Neil and Fife and a and a battery of very good performers in the middle, we were able to meet them halfway. So we were we were fantastic in that regard. And also we were very efficient moving the ball forward, as we've been pretty much all year. We we actually managed to convert more than they did once we got the ball forwards of fifty, even though when you watched the game in the third quarter you felt like it was a freeway to their goal which it was, for the most of the game, we made it very hard for them to score. I guess that's true, although we did miss some pretty easy chances. I mean, particularly the um, the Dean Kent attempt to handball to Jack Watts opening the goal square, uh, managing to handball at the time. <laughs> I've, actually, I've actually erased that moment. Uh, I, I've got, I think being a glass half full person, you do tend to... Uh, to, to to wipe out that was a shocker. That was terrible. And uh, when you and see, when you a, see a missed shot, you see an extra point to the score. Um, <laughs> I see a missed no, no. I saw that as a, I saw that even though there was a point, that was a pointless uh, forward foray, if you like, by Dean Kent. Mm. And look, 
Kent, though, has to be persevered with. He still does add the X factor, and he's going to frustrate, but he was very good. He was very good for the most part. He's very competitive, very hard. He's a hard body now, fast, and breaks for lines. He didn't do much of that on Saturday, but he is capable of that. He is, and he's one of these infuriating players who um, can pull off the impossible, or he can kick a beautiful goal from the boundary, but if he's got the ball 20 metres out, you would not back him to kick the goal. No, that is true, unfortunately. Alas. Alas. And that is going to be a problem for us because whilst we're converting, we're not necessarily converting goals, are we? So that's been a problem all year. And with Kent, that problem could persist a while longer until we... Look, he's, he's a better man to have on the run from about 40 mm. metres out. After two or three bounces, he's likely to put one through from there Whereas from 20 metres out, dead in front, he's likely to not get a goal. So he's very frustrating, but he's got to be persevered with. Young Hannon's good too. I liked Hannon's game. He's been a little bit quiet yeah. the last couple of weeks, but I thought he showed a fair bit. Oh, he was good in the first quarter and good throughout. And he's a good and he's and he's sort of mature in his, in his way he plays the game. He knows where to go. He gets to lots of contests. And I thought he was good. And I think he's worth persevering with. I think you guys mentioned that last week. Yeah. And I would agree with your assessment that he, he needs to be persevered with. I think that's right. Um, I loved Garlett's game and Garlett's season. I mean, he's, he's reached a level I didn't think was possible. I mean, he's more than just a goal sneak now. He's, he's becoming a more complete player. Well, there were four, four on our team laid eight tackles each, of which Garlett was one. And, and and it has to be said, a couple of these tackles are breathtaking, the way he runs down people. His tackling is something that takes us to another level in the forward line. His forward pressure is wonderful, and he was fantastic on the weekend, absolutely fantastic again. And that's two games in a row, which have been, which again is meritorious. He and Watts both have played, have both played now back-to-back great games, mm. in my humble assessment. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's completely right. And is, it, and is it you or Nita who's a big Watts fan? Uh, or neither? I would say neither. Um, I, I, I go in waves with Watts. Um, what I care about is his contest work. Um, and I feel like last week his contest work was exceptional. This week was, was, still, was still solid. Um, but that's what I'm really looking for from him. Oh, he, he took a couple of fantastic contested marks on the weekend, and his contest work around the ground, against Sanderlands, pretty hard, but but by and large, he was pretty good, even though he could afford to lay more tackles. There's no doubt about that. He, he needs to live that part of his game. That's right, that's right. But, I mean, I think after a slow start, he's developed a lot. Um, and, of course, we have the, the biggest positive of all, um, the big pencil, the man who looked like he needed to be erased before this week. Um, <laughs> well, well, look, he took a great mark in the first quarter in the goal square, a really great mark. And at that stage, I think it, by quarter time, we'd only taken one mark in our forward 50, and that was his. So, And then the last quarter, he clunked a magnificent mark again and duly converted. So where Wiedemann, about a minute or two earlier, who uh, kicked his way to the Magoos, I think, he's, uh, he's gone. I'd say, and a, and a bit later on the wing, I don't know if you noticed, he got a chain of handballs, oh, and all he had to do, all he had to do, was get the ball to his foot, and his ball actually missed his foot on the wing. So, 
I think, yes. I think the weedermen, I think the weeds need to be pulled from the garden there and he needs <laughs> to go back to the uh, back to the resis and uh, regain some confidence and we need to bring back in Hogan and I think that would have been the difference on Saturday. And uh, I so I think that... Sorry? No, go ahead. I was going to ask you, do you think Hogan cost us the game? Do you think if Hogan had played, we would have won? Well, I think, I think had Hogan had been there... I think if you compare it, say, to the other end of the ground where McCarthy was running up and down the ground, Hogan-like, and really was the difference. I thought in their forward line, I know Neil on Monday got more goals, but McCarthy's work was just inspirational and was, in my opinion, the difference for Frio getting over the line. Not just his last toe poke in the goal square, but the work he did before that was uh, very much similar to the work Hogan does nowadays, up and down the ground, mm. and his big target up forward as well. So, without a doubt, we, we would have won on the weekend, in my opinion, by probably three or four goals had we had Hogan. And the problem, and the reason it's particularly frustrating, is that the Fremantle's backline isn't really all that good. Um, and you see Jake Spencer clunking a big mark, you see Watts. It's not as if they had a huge amount of um, you know, incredible contested marking talent in their defence. Um, and I think Hogan would have roasted them had he been playing. Well, that's true, and I think that's... Probably, I was a bit critical of a selection, uh, not having Pedersen there, mm. uh, and possibly Pedersen probably could have come in for Wiedemann last Saturday anyway, but but, but on the, in the course of it, the way the day turned out, Melbourne, Melbourne gave themselves more than enough opportunity to win that game, even though we had less entries into our 50. We are actually a very attacking side, and we do give ourselves lots of opportunities at goal each week which is a really big positive throughout the whole season, I think. That's true. That's true. But I want to drag you back it a bit. It takes a long... The... Sorry, go ahead. Sorry? Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, I was going to drag you back into the negatives for a moment, despite the, the positive uh, spin. Oh, must you? <laughs> Do we have a, a composure problem? Because both last week and this week, at crucial moments, with a couple of minutes left in quarters... Um, the defence just seemed to panic. I mean, that last goal that Fremantle kicked, I mean, Bernie Vince had a terrible kick out, Jaden Hunt nearly redeemed the situation, and then Wiedemann, as you mentioned, missed the ball. I mean, everyone just looked like they were panicking, and it didn't look like, at all like we were going to save that goal. There's no doubt about that. We, I, I compare and contrast to the good sides who just know how to ice the clock, mm. and we've got no idea, none at all, and that was really apparent. So... I, I agree with your one negative. I'll, I'll let that through. <laughs> what I'd love to see is Salem and Watts being pushed back by Goodwin late in games. The best users of the ball, get it in their hands, and just let them be the ones who have to sort it out. Yeah, I think that's a good point, and I think that could have happened on the weekend where Watts and Salem could have easily dropped back and and just as steady, just as steady up the ship a bit. And uh, I think Bernie himself even, uh, I think uh, there's another point there. I think had Lewis been in the side, I think he would have used the ball uh, better out of defence than what Bernie is. It would have been good to have got the ball into Lewis's hands because I think he would have used it with a bit more care and composure. I mean, Hawthorne won five close games last year by a goal and I'm, and I'm sure that Lewis would have had a hand in saving some of those. Absolutely. So he would have he would have been decisive when it came to the clinches last week. I think for the rest of the game, though, uh, Vince 
was more than an adequate replacement for Lewis, the 95% of the match last week. So Lewis's spot is able to be covered, in my opinion. Exactly, exactly. And I think once Hibbert gets back, we'll have yet another player who can play a similar role. Is he? Is he? I'm not sure if he's ready yet, though. Is he? He needs another week or two, doesn't he? In the in the reserves, I think. I imagine most likely, given he's only playing uh, on Monday. Uh, but having said that, if he's even close-ish, I'd love for him to play um, against Richmond. Um, I really do well, think well, he's in class in our backline. Yeah, well, he's fast, strong, and he's very, and he's a very good kick as well. So we would really need someone like him. It would be make a big difference. I thought, but speaking about a person making a difference, your choice. I can't remember if it was yours or Nita, who said bring in Frost last week. Good call, good call, because he was very, very good, very fast, very strong, and he knows how to use the ball. So he he was very handy. I agree with everything you said except the last one. I'm still very worried when he gets the ball. Um, he has this look about him that, that he could do something just a little bit erratic, and sometimes his his kicking is a bit off. I think if he cleans that up, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that he's a better pick than Oscar McDonald. Yeah, look, there probably would be a question mark over some of his some of his capacity to kick, but compared to say Dom Tyson. Oh, Tom Tyson. He, he's a Rhodes Scholar as regards kicking. <laughs> well, well, let me ask you this about Dom Tyson. And, and this is clearly a bit of a tongue-in-cheek call, but is he the worst ball user in our team? Because I tell you what, he... Uh, most like definitively, yes. <laughs> he cannot kick the <laughs> yes. ball 15 metres without kicking it out of bounds in the fall. Oh, God. I, I, I actually prefer him to get the ball and give it a kick 55 metres because at least if he gets the ball back... It will have gone 55 metres. Uh, it probably will have gone to nobody, but at least it would go 55 metres up the ground. I, I absolutely shudder when he passes the 15 metres. I think, who's he going to miss now? And he misses people repeatedly. So, look, he's a good player. He gets in and gets the ball. There's no doubt about that. But his use of the ball is execrable. Yeah, is that a word? The truth with Dom Tyson, in my view, is that he looks like an outside player. He looks like a Pendlebury, but he's actually got the skills of an inside midfielder. So really what he's good at is getting the ball from Gorn, handballing it to someone, handballing to someone else. Um, I don't think he re- we really want him to have the I don't think he's a better kick than Jones. He's probably maybe a little bit better than Viney sometimes, but I don't think he's he's particularly classy player, but he, he glides around a lot, so he looks like he is. That's true. That is true. And he, look, he, look, he got, th- he got the ball 32 times. And I think his efficiency wasn't terrible in the end result, but his clunkers are very bad. Very, very bad. So there's a big gap between his best and his worst disposal. That's the problem with Tyson. That's exactly Like, in a way, I put up with him being a, being a not so good kicker, not so good handballer, if they were just on average reasonably good but his bad's very very bad his good's quite good actually but it it's is. just a yawning it's a yawning chasm between the two the two positions absolutely absolutely um so i'd argue that dom tyson is a fairly overrated player in our team but perhaps we can award now the the famous rowan bale award for the most underrated uh, performer in the team uh rowan bale as all our uh, regular listeners uh, would know is an 
hard-working scrapper from Mount Gravatt, pick 64, uh, <laughs> played 50 of the most um, solid, honourable games you'll ever see. Um, career stricken by injury, lack of coaching faith, lack of fan support, but a man who deserves credit. Um, and we want to credit those same values at Deluded. Um, so, James, who I'll, did you think won this week? I'll, I'll defer to your Rain Man-like capacity to bring up the Rowan Bale statistics. That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm, I'm quite, quite admiring of that. Uh, uh, I think I've probably that's used up, uh, everything I've got about Rain, Rowan Bale uh, at uh, episode four. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> that's wonderful. Well, just before we get into Rowan Bale, I was... I was out yesterday morning, and uh, one of the radio stations was talking about the top five underrated players, mm. and they asked our listeners to to ring in. I had to go to a shop, but the very first caller rang, and Otters will be pleased to know he nominated Neville Jetta. Ah, uh, yes. So, 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 and Neville was again very good on on Saturday, but but uh, I would actually think that James Harms, who who sometimes gets a lot of stick from our supporters. He was fantastic on the weekend, and as was Neil Bullen, who uh, was very, very good and uses the ball well. Uh, by contrast to our friend Dom Tyson, he uses the ball very well, sets up a lot of good forward plays, and greatly, I don't know what his stats would be like score assist-wise, but he does set up a lot of good ball for Melbourne. I think, so, I think the thing about Neil Bullen is... He's just a busy player. He always seems to get the ball in, in good positions. Um, he always looks like he's going to score or make an assist. I mean, he does He does muck up sometimes, but I feel like he's, he's a dangerous-looking player. And it's the same thing with Harms, I feel. He's someone who he has an impact. When he makes a mistake, it's bad, but um, he just has an impact. He's very hard at it. He's very hard at it. I, I really like him. I, th- I think he's he has to be persevered with. He's going to be one of their... He's going to become an elite midfielder, in my opinion. There's no, there's no doubt about it. In my, at the moment, he's played a bit more forward of the of the middle, but he is going to develop into a really good midfielder forward. I think that's an excellent point, and I'd love to see him um, get more midfield time this year as we develop. Yeah, and Harms, and Harms too is very hard at the ball. Always lays a lot of tackles. Always, always big in the contest. Which is, again, another glass-half-full point. We won the contested ball. And when we win the contested ball, we tend to win the, the contest itself. And so we won that by, what, 144, 135, Look at the I think. statistical analysis. Taking so, to the next so level. We're going stat for stat here, right, Kieran? <laughs> <laughs> but but that, I always look to that because I think that's a gauge for how well Melbourne go. And uh, we, again, beat another side for contested ball which sets up a lot of uncontested possessions and sets up a lot of really good attacking forward plays, which we then score a point. Right. Well, that's right. That's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's the half-full uh, perspective. Um, <laughs> or, or goes to the weed, who, who gets outmarked by... Or outmarked by... Yeah. So we need to get it down to Hogan. We're getting back in the team. That's that's the bottom line. Okay, so, so this... Yes, my call for Rowan Bale, Harms or Neil Bullen. So I'll let you be the judge. I think I think you've made the case for Harms, and Neil Bullen has already won the award. So, in the interest of spreading it out, oh, has he? Oh, has he? <laughs> I haven't been. I haven't been. I haven't been. Uh, did you give it to him in the first game? We did. We did. Um, and we know the players oh, are very sensitive right. to, uh, okay. to, well, to different go. players uh, winning it. <laughs> 
Um, well, you see, having a, having a, having a senior sport of my memory only so far, you see. <laughs> uh, so James Harms it is. But let's turn to uh, the next game against Richmond. Um, so Wiedemann out, Hogan in is probably the easiest selection call in history, you'd think, wouldn't you? Certainty, absolute certainty. And even if it's not Hogan for Wiedemann, Wiedemann must go and Hogan must come in. So they seem to be the logical duo to, to be switched. And would you, I agree with that completely, would you take anyone else out? Um, obviously, you, you've mentioned before that well, and Melksham might be in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, I think that if, if Hibbard was fit, I think Melksham, Melksham's spot in the side is doubtful. And uh, we talk about Tyson's kicking, and we talked a bit about Sam Frost, but Melksham also is a... Uh, a dubious user of the ball and at key times and makes some silly decisions. I, I, uh, it's a slight segue, but we, in the members, we had a big discussion about one bit of play where Melksham paddled the ball out of bounds and it was a great call by the umpire. It was most definitely deliberate or didn't make a, a good attempt to keep it in. And people around me were outraged, but I just think that Melksham, that was a, blatantly bad choice by him and he does that a bit I think yeah. both his kicking his handball and his general decision making is not as not as elite as some of his peers in the side so I, yeah I would be tempted to if Hibbert's fit drop Melksham bring in Hibbert and Stretch has also got a question mark hanging over him as well because he's he's very good and I love the way he attacks the ball but he finds himself a little bit out-bustled at times. Mm. So, and Tommy Bug came in and, and did a good did a good job, and mm. it's either Bug or Stretch, I think, for that position. I think that's and right. If Kennedy, and if Kennedy Harris plays a good game today, or Monday, yeah, today, it could be time to look at someone like him to come in and add a bit of pep into our forward line as well. I agree, and I think Kennedy Harris had, had a really excellent JLT uh, cup. Um, or at least the first game of it, um, and he looked really exciting. Um, he was apparently had a really good preseason as well. So, yeah, he could add he could add something new to the mix. I'd be comfortable with him coming in. Melksham is someone I feel I don't really like him playing in defence because he has too many brain fades. But maybe as a winger half forward, he could be more um, more potent. I don't know. Yeah, true, but his kicking is still, it's just a dubious quality and you need a winger who can really kick the ball forward in a penetrating and decisive way. And I don't know if Melksham's a man. I, I, I do like him. I do like his endeavour. I do like his contest and his heart at the ball. I like all that as, all those aspects. Yeah. But just his finishing is a little bit... Mm. Melksham might make the uh, seamless transition from Essendon whipping boy to Melbourne whipping boy, which is an impressive career feat. <laughs> like the, yeah, it's true. It's true. He's he's keeping on a consistent career path. <laughs> so James, do we have a chance of winning this game? Um, Richmond are hot. Uh, we have a good record against them, but can we pull this off after that devastating game last week? No, I think we will win. I we think will. we will win. Actually, yeah, we will win. win. I well, I think that uh, one thing is the pencil is not up against Sanderlands. Right. That's one thing. So he's not going to get flogged in the middle like he was on the weekend. 
or at boundary throw-ins. So therefore, I would expect our midfielders to get much more of the ball than their midfielders. Even though their midfielders are genuinely elite, Cochin and Martin and others, but I think we will we will definitely get our share of the ball, and I think we'll be they'll be roasted during the week. That was a deplorable performance in the third quarter from a side who's got some sort of aspirations. So I think that we will be ready. We've got a great record against Richmond. We match up well. Um, I think Hogan on Rance will be a, a tantalising contest, but I think that he'll get enough of the ball, Hogan. He tends to run Rance around. When he plays on him, he tends to bring him up the ground, which Rance doesn't like. Mm-hmm. So I think Hogan will do really, really well on Rance, I think. And I think Watts will be very, very good again for us. And Garland, if he can do it, if he can play three in a row, I think we're home. The problem with, that we've got going the other way is they've got a really, really sprightly bunch of forwards in Rioli, uh, Castagna, uh, this new boy, Butler. They're very, very good. And they're very damaging, and they're very fast. And, th- and if we've got a question mark over us in our back line, it's our ability to match a really fast forward line. Right. So I think yes, that's only one. Yeah. So I think we've got we've got a few. That's the problem. If we can contain their forward fifties and get a lot of the, of our, if we can get as many forward fifties as them at the end of the day, we'll win the game. I reckon. Yeah. I mean, I I, I kind of buy that, and. My early prediction is that Jack Vardy is going to have a huge game. Um, I feel like that goal late in the game against Fremantle was big for him. He's had a pretty slow start to the season. Um, I think that... Sorry, go ahead. I would agree with that. I, I, I felt that was a pivotal moment in his season, I'd say. Yeah. And he also, laid, he also laid eight tackles on the weekend as well. So he's absolutely... He, there's no doubt about his capacity at the contest. He's always at the bottom of every pack. Exactly. And, uh, but we need him to get more of the ball. Um, and I just feel like this week might be the week that he finally accumulates the kind of possessions he was accumulating last um, last season. Yeah, I hope so. I, I think the Tigers could genuinely struggle with our midfield because I think that they're, we, you know, we've got enough um, people who can run through there now to really create a lot of disruption for them. That's my hope. And my belief, actually, I think that Oliver is very, very good in their magnificent hands. I think we'll go well. Okay. I am now convinced by, by your assessment. I'm going to go for the Ds by 10 points uh, in, a, in a classic. No, I reckon Ds by 24. Ds by 24. Okay. I'm not quite that half full, but... <laughs> 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 Got to be confident, but I, no, I do believe that we play well against Tigers. If, I think if you look at their record against Richmond, they aren't a hoodoo side. They're one side that, if anything, they have a bit of a hoodoo playing us. Right, right, right. Um, well, on that note, uh, thank you very much, James, for uh, joining the podcast this week and for your in- insightful comments and statistical nous, which has really lifted the bar for Nita for next week. Um, I'm not even sure if she'll. If she'll make the best twenty-two, um, she's going to need to do some have a big week. On the no, I think the I think the uh, the deluded fans will be clamouring for the return after after this uh, international cameo. <laughs> but thank you, but thank you for inviting me on, uh, Kieran. I am privileged. 
Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's been a pleasure. Um, and we'll, of course, be in your podcast feed a couple of days after every game, uh, depending on, on Nita's moods and uh, James's availability. Uh, you can... <laughs> You can email us with any comments at deluded1964 at gmail.com. Tweet us at deludedpodcast. Uh, And in the meantime, have a good week. I hope everyone recovers from the heartbreak and looking forward to a big win on uh, this weekend against Richmond.